What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 287th episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. I'm your host, SPJ, and with me is Will. Yes, we finally entered the season where your clothing choices are appropriate. Congratulations, you get the next two months. Finally, we're here. It's hoodie season, dude. It's always hoodie season, every day of my life. Yeah, where you live. (laughs) Al, is it hoodie season in Europe? I'm still wearing shorts. Oh, man. It's like but then great. that's not because of the weather. That's just because that's what I wear. He's he's still wearing a kilt, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> the official hoodie of Europe, the kilt. I am actually wearing a hoodie right now as well. But It's one of those ones with the zip. Do you call them a hoodie or do you call them a zippy? No, well, that would be a zippy? hoodie if it has a hood on it. Have you not heard of the term zippy? It's no, like that's never. one that has a zip. Although I do think if I ever saw a man wearing a kilt and a hoodie, I'd propose marriage to him immediately. He'd probably be the most <laughs> awesome dude on earth. You don't have to be in Scotland long to see that. I like how every episode starts with Al saying some word I've never heard before. And then us like <laughs> discovering this this journey of some other form of English that exists. Oh, they also use the wrong word for sweater, too. Uh, I can't remember what it is. Oh, Jumper? There's no yeah, jumping. Well, they don't, You're not jumping they don't sweat in it, sir. either. Well, maybe I am jumping in it. Oh, you haven't met Steve. That dude's sweating 24-7. I'm not sweating 24-7. I don't like hoodies without zippers because I feel like they're too tight on the neck. Yeah. Pullovers, I think we call them. Is that correct, Will? The old pullover hoodie? No. That's what people from 1949 <laughs> would call them. <laughs> All right. Well, we're here to talk about Pokemon. We got a couple news articles. The show is going to be... Primarily news-focused, we have some Pokemon Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon interviews. We have some Pokemon Go stuff regarding the Halloween event and regarding some spoofing. Pokemon movie comes out in a couple weeks now, two weeks. I think we're two weeks away from that. Two weeks today. Status update, I have my tickets. They send them to you physically? No, I did Fandango. I got a QR code, but I have purchased tickets to see the movie in Hawaii. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, you're going to be in the islands, the Alola Islands. Correct. What are you going to Hawaii for? A Vanguard tournament? Correct. Is it a, like a big tournament? Yes, it's a, it's a, it's a Vanguard regional. Is there, don't, do they not have one near D.C.? Oh, well, technically, no, they do not have one near D.C., but uh, I just thought I'd take advantage of the opportunity to go to one in Hawaii when the opportunity was presented to me. So that's where I'm going. Okay. You know, less less people, a little less competition. Have you d- competed in Vanguard tournaments before? Uh, not on the regional level, no. So I'm prepared to get stomped. You know, that's fine. I've been practicing, literally practicing one deck for the past two months, and I'm sure I'll still do terrible. But oh well. Sounds all right. Let's uh, jump right into some Pokemon news. First bit of news is shiny Savali codes. To be available in North America and Europe, zero codes to obtain shiny Savali will be available at participating North America and Europe. 
retailers in North America and in Europe in October and November. The Savali will know the signature move multi-attack. It will be distributed during the promotion of the Crimson Invasion TCG, which will release on November 3rd. Uh, in the United States, you can get the codes at GameStop from October 23rd to November 13th. And in Canada, you can get those codes at EB Games from October 23rd to November 13th. Uh, and there's a whole list of different places in Europe. In the United Kingdom, you can get it at Game. In France, you can get it at Micromania. In Germany, you can get it via Nintendo Zone at GameStop. In Italy, you can get it at GameStop. And in Spain, you can get it at Nintendo Stone, Nintendo Stone, Nintendo Zone at Game. And those are all from November 3rd to November 16th in the PAL regions. And these codes can be redeemed until February 13th in the game. Did I say it was shiny? It's shiny. You did say it was shiny. It's pretty cool. I'm very excited because one of our listeners recently got a job um, working at Game in the UK. So all of those European exclusives will soon be mine. What? You can't redeem those codes, can you? They uh, redeemed them for me and then trade me the Pokemon. Oh, I see, I see. Okay. I mean, to be fair, most of the ones that we get are the same as the ones that you get, so... Hasn't always been that way, sir. No, it hasn't, but it pretty much is now. Al, do you have Game or GameStop or Micromania? Yes, we have a game. Uh, it's not very close to me, but I can get it. Do they, do they upsell you on pre-orders when you walk in? Are they like, pre-order eight different things? Well, they try, but it's easy to say no. And we sell Funko Pops. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say I have a great time going into GameStop. Before we get to the good news, aspiring YouTuber cosplayed as Pikachu and rushed the White House fence. This is off Polygon.com. Or, or my local news. On Will's Facebook, I'm sure. Earlier this week, the Secret Service took down a Pikachu after the Pokemon attempted to jump the White House, White House fence. Obviously, this Pikachu was a dude in a costume and not actually the little guy. 36-year-old Curtis Combs, a Kentucky native, was the man behind the stu stunt, was taken into police custody after the incident. Since then, he's been charged with unlawful entry, according to D.C. Superior Court documents shared to Twitter. Kolbs plead not guilty, so he'll be heading to court on November 9th. The real kicker is the motivation behind the real thing, as noted in the documents. After being apprehended, Combs told Secret Service agents that he planned to film his jump for YouTube fame. Maybe that excuse would have gotten him onto the White House grounds on a day where Trump wasn't also there at the same time. I guess I can see where Combs got it from to do it for the YouTube thing. It kind of worked for the last guy who was Pikachu who tried to jump White House fence back on September 11th, 2014. Uh, that clip gained 2,700 views. Wow, so many views. And we were not sure if that, if that counts as fame. <laughs> There's no footage of Combs' attempt because he didn't get very far while filming it. Polygon... <laughs> From friend of the show, Allegra Frank. Another uh, exciting day in Will's neighborhood, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. Hey, fools, don't ever, ever, ever try to jump the White House fence because that's a good good way to get yourself shot. Let's just put it bluntly here. They're not hesitant with the guns on that one. You can walk like along the fence and stuff. Like You can walk around the White House, the White House fence, I should say. 
Uh, yeah, but it's a very high fence, and they are keeping their eyes on that. Absolutely. Are there spikes on top of the fence? Is it like- it's been a while since I've gone over there. <laughs> they really don't need spikes. It's a very, very tall fence. I mean, it's. I would say it's probably... You literally lived on the street. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I just don't visit my neighbors that often. Um, I'd say it's about five or six feet. That's two meters for you, Al. Uh, <laughs> taller than me. Tall. So, uh, so it's not easy to get up and over. Yeah, no, that's foolishness. It really is. Giving a bad name to Pokemon fans here. Exactly. We got some Pokemon Go news. Halloween treats coming to Pokemon Go. Ghastly, Drowsy, Cubone, and other spooky Pokemon are back this time, bringing some special friends. Sableye, Bonette, and a few other ghost-type Pokemon originally discovered in the Hoenn region will making will be making their first ever appearance in Pokemon Go. The rest of the Pokemon first seen in Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire video games will gradually arrive starting as early as December. We hope trainers enjoy this special Halloween treat. The celebration will start on October 20th and run till November 3rd. A special Pikachu will be celebrating in a Halloween costume that you can catch too. You can also dress up your avatar for the occasional for the occasion by wearing a Mimi Q disguise hat. You will also earn extra candy while you're out trick-or-treating with your buddy Pokemon. Candy rewards for catching, hatching, and transferring will be doubled. And your buddy will find twice as much candy during the Halloween celebration. But not. But last but not least, you'll have the opportunity to stock up from your upcoming adventure with special boxes in the in-game shop featuring raid passes and super incubators. So I have a few things to say about this, if I may have a moment. Yes, you, you have your moment, Will. I may have a moment. Number one, if you have already caught every single new Pokemon that is part of this... Uh, special Halloween event. You have no chill. It's official. No right. chill! <laughs> no chill. Yes. Thank you, Steve, for that confirmation. Number two, and this is more of a question than a statement, who do I write to to complain about the GPS in my neighborhood being broken? Because literally walking from my house down the street I should walk within like four feet of, I think it's four Pokestops, but something happened with the GPS in my neighborhood. So now when I'm walking down the street, right as I approach the first of those Pokestops, my GPS teleports me about half a mile west of where I actually am until I pass all the Pokestops and then it repairs itself and I don't get to spin the Pokestops anymore. So who who takes those complaints? No so, chill at Niantic.com. <laughs> Thank you. All right. All right. So I want to know, when you're walking past these stops, is that by any chance near the White House? No, it's near the Department of Homeland Security, which oh, okay. is actually in my backyard. Well, I, no, no, I have this, a feeling it may well be the government. No, no. This That's... GPS problem has only been happening for the past, like, month. Well, Homeland yeah, Security's so it's a new thing by the government, but that doesn't make it not at the government. Well, I know. They used to scramble my phone calls, too. That was real annoying. Probably probably government-related, but it could be your cell provider as well. Al, you said before the show, uh, you've caught all the Pokemon. I apparently have no chill. <laughs> We've known that from before this event. I, sh- I should know that... Be- so the event went live at 8 p.m. here. 
before I went to bed on Friday at 8pm, I had only caught one of the new Pokemon. I then caught three of them yesterday and one today. So it's not like I went out at 8pm to catch all the new Pokemon. I'm not that bad. I'll give you half a chill back. <laughs> but wait a minute. You don't. You said you don't have a witch hat Pichu. I don't have... Oh, yes, yes. Well, okay. There's the new Pokemon <laughs> well, and then there's the existing Pokemon that are in costumes. Okay, I meant everything that's part of this event. I have chill. Huzzah. I'm assuming Al also doesn't have shiny Sableye, which is the new shiny that was introduced during this event. That is true. I don't have any shiny. So I think we have, what, three shinies in the game? Shiny Pikachu, shiny Magikarp, shiny Sableye now. And Pichu can be shiny as well. Yeah, but that's the same evolutionary line as... Yeah, but it, it's a different Pokemon, though. Yes. It is a different Pokemon. I mean, so shiny Gyarados, but you still count it as shiny Magikarp. That's a good point. But I guess Pichu is different because you can't catch it, you gotta hatch it. Yeah, and I don't think you can get shiny Gyarados in the wild. I think you can only get a shiny Gyarados from a shiny Magikarp, whereas you can get both shiny Pikachu and Pichu just from wild or eggs. Maybe you can find a shiny Raichu? Can you? F- no, you can't find... Sh- I'm assuming you can find Raichu in the wild. I just... I've never seen one. I, I, I've not seen any confirmation as to whether you can get shiny Raichu in the wild. You can get Raichu, normal Raichu in the wild, but... Yeah. Question for both of you. Do you like the fact that they are drip-feeding shinies? And I bring that up because Joe over at Cerebee is not a fan of this. He wants either all or nothing, but what are, what are you guys' thoughts on the drip-feeding of shinies? Mm. For myself, I don't care one way or the other. Shiny is like of minimal importance to me. I'm not the kind of person that does a billion soft resets so I can get a shiny Rowlet to play in Ultra Moon yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, what you know, you get some, you get shiny, some you don't get shiny. It's 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 the people with no chill who are like, well, now I can't feed my children because oh, I have to constantly chill. be walking the streets. Yes, the people with no chill, they have to walk the streets until they can find that shiny Sableye. Yeah, I have mixed feelings on shinies and go in general. I think the problem is that it's hard enough to get all the Pokemon. Never mind getting all the Pokemon shiny, and. The problem is when you're a completionist, as soon as something exists, you feel you have to get it. And shinies being so rare, I think I am probably prefer the fact that there are only a few of them because it means there are only, what, five or so shinies that I don't have because there are only five shinies. Yeah, I, I think if, if there was a possibility um, of every Pokemon in Pokemon Go or even like 95% of Pokemon in Pokemon Go being shiny... There would be people who like literally died because they didn't eat and they were like just constantly hunting that last shiny for their shiny living decks so that they could be the one that had it in Pokemon Go. People are not right in the head. My my personal opinion is I think Niantic is smart by drip feeding shinies because it does give people something to go after. I don't care too much about shinies in the main series games because any 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 and all Pokemon can be shiny in the main series games. But as in like Pokemon Go, when they first released Shiny Magikarp, that was just like one, that was only one more Pokemon in Pokemon Go I was missing. So that seemed very obtainable of, hey, maybe I'll spend two or three hours, I'll go to a Magikarp nest, and I'll try to get a Shiny Magikarp. Or since Magikarp are common enough in Pokemon Go, I'll eventually see one, and that has yet to happen to me, but I'm, I... 
I still would like a shiny Magikarp. But if I've completed Pokemon Go, the Pokedex, which I have, the only Pokemon I am missing at this point are the three shinies, four if you want to count Hatching Pichu, but I think like getting a shiny Pikachu might satisfy it that evolutionary line for me just saying that there are three pokemon at this point that are shiny kind of makes it more tolerable to be like okay this is an obtainable goal where if you say all 250 pokemon that exist in go right now are shiny it might be like eh, i'll get it if i get it but at least in this in this instance it feels it feels like people are looking for sableye because that's that's the rare one this event I'm certainly looking for it. I was just going to say, I should point out, because listeners will point out, not all the Pokemon in the main series games are shiny. Possibly shiny. I just thought I'd get there before the emails come in. (laughs) I was thinking it, I just didn't say it. (laughs) Which ones aren't shiny? They all have shiny sprites. Uh, They all have shiny sprites, but that doesn't mean they're all possible to get shiny. So there are several Pokemon that you still can't get as shiny Pokemon. Give me me Uh, the... Zygarde. All right. Um, there's a couple of other mythical. There's a couple of mythicals that you still can't get. But I can't yeah, you remember. can't. I don't think you can get a shiny Celebi, can you? Mm, yeah, I think you're right. What if you soft reset it when you get it from the? Mm, it's shiny locked. Oh, okay. So, um, Mew. There is a shiny Mew, but there's only one of them, uh, and it was the Japanese only event in Emerald. So basically, no one has a shiny Mew. Wasn't Rushram and Zekrom shiny locked? They were Probably. until Oras. They were. Uh, you could. You could. Sh- the ones in the Hoopa Rings and Oras, you could sh- soft reset for a shiny version. But in the original games, they were locked. Following Pokemon Go news, a new Pokemon Go anti-cheat protection comes and goes in no time at all. Niantic pushed a Pokemon Go update this week that prepped the game for the release of the new Pokemon. Also tucked in the game's new version however was an anti-cheating measure that prevents certain players spoofing apps that prevented certain players with spoofing apps on their phones to log in but in less than an hour after the cheaters hit the new roadblock they found a way around it and it appeared not much longer after that Niantic disabled the new feature entirely a member from the pokemon go community forum self road shared the message that a known spoofer somebody who uses the program to fake the gps allowing them to move around the in-game map without actually going anywhere, received after an update and loading the game. The message said, We have detected software that could interfere with the operation of Pokemon Go on your device. This includes applications that falsify your location. Using unauthorized software directly impacts Pokemon Go. Directly impacts Pokemon Go is a violation of Niantic's terms and services and can result in the loss of your account. You need to uninstall any such apps in order to continue gameplay. The pop-up was more more of an aggressive maneuver than previous anti-cheating measures that Niantic has put in place. Previous ways the developers have reprimanded players who broke the terms of service, including hiding rare Pokemon from their game, adding red slashes to Pokemon in their collections. Those still allowed the players to play the game, however. With this pop-up, players with the blacklisted spooking apps, apps couldn't get into Pokemon Go at all. It didn't take long for the effective players to identify the apps and lock them out of the game. About an hour later, a way around the lockout appeared on top of the Pokemon Go spoofing subreddit. I didn't know there was a separate subreddit for these people. Uh, You're not in that one? 
<laughs> Eventually, spoofers discovered that the workaround was no longer necessary as Niantic has disabled the app blacklist entirely. While this was a relief to those who rely on GPS spoofing to hold their coveted spots at Pokemon gyms, players who want a fair chance at competing at gym battles and catching new monsters saw this as another defeat. Quote, this is what happens when you only warn people instead of outright banning them. One Silf Road user wrote, spoofers should be permanent, permanent, period. The developer said that it would be terminating offending accounts last August, but perhaps not at the speed some players would like. We've reached out to Niantic about plans to reactivate this or similar anti-spoofing protection and will update accordingly. How many years did it take the Pokemon company to start banning people who had illegally obtained Pokemon from playing in online play? The the real, like, regular online Pokemon play? About uh, 18, 19 years, I think? Well, online play didn't exist the whole time. Let's let's not be unfair <laughs> to them. It's probably more like five years. Yeah, let's split the difference, call it seven. So, I mean... <laughs> Niantic has until 2023, I guess, before they really have to start banning people for nefarious activities. Not to not to like bring up Destiny, but the same thing is happening in Destiny right now with Trials of Osiris. You have people that are cheating. They're changing their GPS location for yes. the Trials of Osiris. <laughs> they're, they're saying they're on Venus when they're not really there. They're spoofing all over Mercury and in, in Destiny. You ha- Destiny gave everyone who cheated during Trials of Osiris a two-week ban from Destiny, and they disabled Trials of Osiris for two weeks for everyone because of what happened, because of how it affected Trials of Osiris. And so it's like, okay, no one can play Trials of Osiris for two weeks. So what's the point of banning these people for two weeks? Because when you restore Trials of Osiris, they can just start doing it again. Like, if you know that these people are cheating, just block them, just ban them. They're they're ruining the game for the actual people who are continuing to play your game week after week. I get that you're banning a customer, but I don't know, you you already got your $60 from them. And in this case, in Pokemon Go, I I don't know. Do spoofers buy items? Do soups? Do spoofers pay? I I can't imagine they do because they'll just auto walk their characters, so they don't need like egg incubators or anything because they can always be walking their character. Yeah, I think the problem with spoofers on Pokemon Go is that you can theoretically make it look like you aren't spoofing. So the best. GPS spoofing just looks like normal GPS. And if they have, uh, well, if someone's going over this speed between these two locations, that's not possible, so we'll ban them. Then what you just do is you say, well, let's make it go slower. And then that ends up getting to a point where you're wanting to ban people that are traveling at 60 miles an hour. And at that speed, you can get pretty far to where you want to go. And then you have issues where, oh, this person was in this country and now they're in a different country. Well, you know what? People do that. So it's really hard to prove that someone is spoofing. And I guess the point of what they were doing on on Friday was these specific apps we know are apps that people can use to spoof their location. If they have one installed, then we can assume they're probably using it. And that's probably fair enough because there are very few legitimate reasons to have that. And the legitimate reasons that you have to do that are 
legitimate reasons to have a second phone to put them on instead or putting them on uh, an emulator for your phone or something like that. The problem really is that you can then, if you've got one of those apps, you also have root on your phone and that means that you can easily pretend you don't have those apps. So it becomes a really hard chicken and mouse game. Um, not chicken and mouse, what? <laughs> I know, what is chicken and mouse doing with each other? I mean, you could you could brush that up as just a thing people said in Europe, and Will and I probably wouldn't have questioned I was say, you. That, that's a Scottish thing, the chicken and mouse. You know, chicken oh, and mouse my. game. <laughs> I mean, Niant- Niantic has the data for every single player in the game. So if... If if you catch a Pidgey in Wisconsin, and then all of a sudden you catch a Shuppet in Paris, and then all of a sudden you're catching a Duskull in Wisconsin, all in the matter of 10 minutes, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out you just spoofed that location, and or you gave somebody else access to your account, sure, uh, which is also against the terms of service. Yep. And, and Sure, that's very true, but the point is that in most cases they're not doing that. Okay, yeah, maybe. But and listeners can write in and say like that that's fine, that's not affecting your game. That's that who who cares if somebody shows up at a raid with three different phones and three different accounts and stuff. But the fact of the matter is stuff like this, spoofing, changing your GPS location, giving other people your account, uh appearing in Europe for a second and then not appearing in Europe. You're wasting Niantic's time that they could be spending on other features of the game because this is a problem for people. Whether or not it affects you or not, this is a this is a game that relies on the terms and service that they laid out and the fact that they have to fight this week after week is preventing us from having other features in the game and it's frustrating. That's very true. I agree with you. And apparently spoof means really, something really different in Australia, so... <laughs> I guess that's where we leave that conversation. <laughs> Stop spoofing. <laughs> uh, let's get to the big news here. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. There's some Ultra Sun Ultra Moon news. There was the new trailer, which was actually the trailer we talked about last week. We just talked about the Japanese version of the trailer. And all they did this week is they they localized it. I don't think we'll spend a lot of time on the trailer because we we fully talked about it last week. Necrozma is not on a building. There was an interview with IGN about Ultra Sun Ultra Moon, and there was an interview in Famitsu that has been translated here on Reddit. Some of this over, uh, information overlaps on each other. I'm going to go through the Reddit stuff first. It's just bullet pointed. I'll read all the bullet points. We can talk about it. And then uh, we have a little bit of stuff on IGN that is slightly uh, different than that. Not that they're like conflicting. It's just they had a different interview. So the bullet points are Masuda is fully in charge of supervising the game. Game Freak was great, re- greatly relieved to learn that Z moves were w- well received by fans. For Sun and Moon, Game Freak worked on balancing bosses, making them beatable if players use proper strategies or suffer if they go in rec- recklessly. I don't know if I agree with that, but okay. Uh, after completing the work on Sun and Moon, the staff felt that there was still more they could do in the Alola region. Yeah, because it was clear that game was rushed. Uh, the reason they are releasing Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon is to offer players some variety before the current image they get stuck with. Uh, the same image of Alola. That sentence was badly translated. The story isn't a sequel. It is a story with a little divergence from Sun and Moon. 
So there you go. It's been confirmed. Not a sequel. Characters from the Ultra Expedition team will make an appearance, and that's where the story will start to change. They will appear at the opening of the game, so you will be able to start the game with excitement. On top of a different main story from Sun and Moon, there are additional new episodes after entering the Hall of Fame. Game Freak teases that those who are looking at it as platinum was the Diamond and Pearl can expect an even more ultra-huge change coming soon, or coming. The Ultra Expedition team arrived from another world through a wormhole. A new element is being prepared that will have the protagonist and company dive into the Ultra Wormhole and visit other different kinds of worlds. Pokemon will be much easier to collect and train compared to Sun and Moon. Using the Ultra Warp Ride to travel to other worlds, you will even get to visit worlds with legendary Pokemon. For example, you can meet and catch Mewtwo. That, that is all that Game Freak has to say about for now, and they'll leave your imagination to wherever we'll get to meet other legendary Pokemon. And if we put simply as far as story volume goes, the addition to Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon should have double the current story volume compared to the Sun and Moon games. How, how do you measure the size of story value so that you can ensure that you get double uh, I number think, of cutscenes? I think uh, not Not in this. Uh, it might have been in this Reddit thread or in the IGN article that I have up in front. Uh, I think they said there was double the amount of dialogue in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon than there was in Sun and Moon. So that's so what they mean right by now. that. Yeah, that sounds like more cutscenes, which everyone yeah, I, will love. If there's a thirty-minute yeah, cutscene, if there's thirty minutes at the beginning of the game just to start playing, I'm I might lose my mind. <laughs> I just got to uh, Hapu's house on Pony Island in Pokemon Sun, and there's this like completely meaningless cutscene where you get the Poke Ride for Manchomp, and I'm like, <laughs> wow, <laughs> this is so awful. Thing out of that bullet list that stands out to you, I um. I'm curious about the, it will be easier to catch and train Pokemon in in Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. I mean, I didn't really find it to be that difficult in regular Sun and Moon. So how are they going to make it easier? Yeah. What do they mean by that? I felt like you could quick, think- like you just throw a Pokeball at the first turn and you almost always are guaranteed. Unless, unless it's like a legendary or a mythical. I feel like. Unless it's, it's Moltres. Unless it's Moltres. I think it's very easy to catch Pokemon. Yeah. I'm thinking people are. I've seen people saying that they're probably just referring to the the Rotom, whatever they were called, the the basically oh, the O powers, the o powers. Um, and the fact that there'll be one that uh, makes it easier to catch Pokemon. Good call. Story isn't a sequel. It seems like it seems like this is very much like Platinum, except if they said if you enjoy Platinum, you're going to enjoy this more. I feel like I don't know if I I said this last week. I might have said it on on the streams. Kind of now that it's been almost a year since Sun and Moon, it feels like people are coming out of the woodwork and saying that Platinum has been the best Pokemon game. Platinum? Yeah, I feel like that's been that's been more and more on on social media and uh, just you know on forums and Reddit and stuff that people are kind of been in agreement that like Platinum was the best Pokemon game, and so it's it's kind of weird that. Platinum is coming up again when we're talking about Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, since it see- this seems to be like a Platinum, like an Emerald, like a Crystal. I don't know what your guys' thoughts on Platinum are, but is that exciting that this is like a Platinum, except even more Ultra huge change coming, according to this translation? 
I never played Platinum, so why not? Sure, let's get excited. I think people are comparing it to Platinum because the Ultra Space feels a lot like the, oh, whatever the name of the... Distortion World. Distortion World. Distortion World. There we are, yes. And so I think that's probably where the comparison is coming from. I guess the other thing is that it was the last expanded version of a game, so it took the same story and then added on some more to it. What I find interesting from this is the fact that they've used the word diverge. Now, I don't think they've ever actually used the words diverge to define the fact that stories have diverged. I think before they've talked about a retelling of a story, mm-hmm. especially when you think about, you know, the film and there was Oras. I think they both, for them, talked about the a retelling of the story, which implies that there were either mistakes or they're meant to be the same thing but with different things happening in it which always seems a bit weird to me i like that they've actually used the word diverge and it's a hey we can make new stories these stories don't have to be the same they don't have to be in the same world they're just stories enjoy them correct there is no consistency across the market that's um being able to catch other legendary pokemon I didn't, forgive me, I, I, I didn't enjoy Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, but didn't those games include, like, every single catchable legendary Pokemon? Yeah, pretty they much. They did. Al, you can go. I was just saying, yeah, pretty much. I think the only thing is that they like to allow us to catch the same Pokemon in each generation, so this is just redoing that again. I guess, you know what? You know what? Now that you say that, Al, yeah, that really means... That Gen 8 is like open and shut, done. We're, we're ready to move on to the Switch. So well, they've, they've explicitly said that as well. Was it not in that interview? Was it a different thing? They I explicitly was, said. I think that, that was the IGN oh, interview that they were right, like, okay. this is our last game. Yeah. On the 3DS. Yes. <laughs> oh, last 3DS. game forever. Case closed. <laughs> Get your Mewtwo. We're done. Well, and I also think part of the problem, and hopefully they don't repeat this with Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, part of the problem with Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire was the the mechanics of the Hoopa Hoops were so... What is the word? Obtuse? Like, yeah, well, obtuse is, is one way of saying it. Like, you just, you had to know, like, Mysterious. oh, you have to... You have to go to the island at this time of day, and it's like yeah. between noon with, and with a certain eight, Pokemon. Well, yeah, but whatever. Like between noon and eight p.m., uh, this one will show up. Between eight p.m. and four a.m., this one will show up. Oh, but if you already caught one that day, then you have to wait a week and a half for it to reset. And blah, oh, I was like, thank God, I already have these. That yeah. sounds terrible. And I didn't do very many of them for that exact reason. It was, and the other part, the other thing was that it just felt very tacked on. It's a okay, you've done your story. Now go catch some legendaries. I know. Hoopa's really... not a real Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If if there was some sort of story involving Hoopa and why it created the hoops, rather than us just knowing from the uh, the film, then it, it, I think it would have been a bit better. And I never even got to see the movie. It's not that good. I don't think it's on Hulu yet, but I think the Genesect movie is on Hulu. I only bring that up because uh, we might be doing a movie movie night soon on Rabbit. Some people were asking for it. I'm going to switch gears here to the IGN interview. I have two specific ones that I brought up. I didn't want to try to repeat the information here, but IGN asked about the image from the game story trailer shown in the tweet below, which looked like a new take on Lieutenant Surge's gym from the original game. After discussion... Uh, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon's director Kazuma Awaya came up with a slightly 
Hayes, Hazy reply and said, What you see in that particular image is a new place to visit in Sun and Moon location, Malai City, which while we were designing it, we decided to have some thoughts on the Kanto region, but I can't say any more. But any more than that is a little difficult to say at the moment, so look forward to playing it. Uh, and that is the image with uh, the rocker guy inside what looks like to be a bunch of garbage cans on the ground. I believe Molly City is the one that has the Giardos Park in it. Uh, Am I it, correct? It's where you meet Sam- Samson Oak. Y- yes, okay. So it's the one that's very like Asian-influenced in the layout of the city and everything. The park that you can't raid Pokemon in. Correct. Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon will be the last Pokemon RPGs for the 3DS. Notice they said RPGs, so we still could get, you know, Pokemon Dash 2, highly anticipated on the 3DS. <laughs> Nothing? No laughs? Come on. I was going to say Pokemon Troze. Or a Pikachu Detective 2. Pikachu, yeah, we never got P- Detective Pikachu. Uh, this is a quote. Sorry. When we are making Pokemon X and Y, we were really trying to push the 3DS system to the absolute limits, which we thought we'd done. But when Sun and Moon came around, we completely redesigned the system, and we actually ended up pushing the 3DS even further to what we thought what we thought was the most we could draw from it. With Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, we've tried to eke out more and really, really push the system to its absolute limits, and now we're feeling that perhaps... This is the maximum we can get out of it. So we're really treating Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon as the culmination of our work with the 3DS system. The director of the latest... Funny, they're pushing limits, but they don't do 3D uh, (laughs) graphics any longer. Hmm, some limit. Director of the latest 3DS game explains that at 80 people, the development team for Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon is about half the size of the Sun and Moon total staff. And that was a comparatively young team. So Game Freak has 160 people? Is that what that means? Well, that implies that they're only working on one game at once, which we know isn't true. Right. Because they'd started uh, X and Y before they were finished with Black black and two, black and White 2. They've got more than 160 people, I think, is what that means. And we know that those other people are clearly working on the Switch game. Of course, yeah. Some of them might be working on some mobile games, but I don't think any of them are actually made by Game Freak, are they? No, I don't think so. No, they're made by uh, Genius Sonority. Oh, man. <laughs> Pokemon Shuffle is made by Genius Sonority. If you guys don't know what Genius Sonority is, they make Pokemon, Pokemon Shuffle, but their first ever game was Pokemon Coliseum. And boy, oh. that game is something. As Will would say, this game is weird. <laughs> I think I said that about six times. It's really last weird. Night. <laughs> I think we all knew that Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon were the last 3DS games, especially at E3 when they came up with that video and they said, hey, we're making the next Pokemon game for Switch. Uh, I think that was kind of a given, especially that the 3DS is, what, almost 10 years old at this point? Eight, nine years old? Uh, it's more like six, seven, seven years. Coming on eight. I don't know, it, it is, it's almost bittersweet for them to say, like, hey, this is this is the last one, guys. Yeah, it is. It's a little sad to see. Especially because, like, Black and White was really, like, the first 3DS title, because everybody was getting their 3DS at that time when it came out, even though it was a regular DS title. 
So it's it is sunsetting the system and the franchise on that system, which yeah, that's sad. I think it's weird. Have they ever done this before? So when when Black and White Two came out, did they say this was the last on the DS, or did we just not know until they announced X and Y? I can't remember. But it seems like an odd thing to actually announce that. No, because the problem with Black and White Two was when that came out and it wasn't a 3D game. Everybody was like. Why are you still making games for the DS? The <laughs> 3DS has been out for three years now. Why? What is going on? Also, all those cartridges work in a 3DS, whereas this is like when they jumped from Game Boy to Game Boy Advance. I mean, at least with the DS, you could originally you could play Game Boy Advance games in a DS. And then a couple years after that console, they removed that port, but... They didn't like have to tell people we're now jumping to this different ship uh, that can't play what the ships prior have been able to transfer up and up from generation to generation. Yeah, I guess this is a, a brand new thing for Pokemon, isn't it? You're never. It's the first time that they're going to make a new game on a system that you can't play any of the old games on. Well, until that virtual console fires up. <laughs> Oh, you're so funny, Will. Still don't think that's actually going to happen, but we'll see. I don't know if you guys had any thoughts about the, the, the Necrozma trailer, the English version. I Like I said, I think we talked about it, but I don't know if, if you guys had any, any other thoughts you wanted to share before we take a break. The only thing I'd like else I'd like to bring up is something that's been of uh, quite discussion. Unfortunately, it's more of a visual thing than a audible thing. Um, it's the... If you look at the announcement poster that has Mewtwo in it, where they're saying, oh, you're going to have all these legendaries oh, yeah. in Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, and you can see the eyes that are obviously coming out of whatever light is in the center above Mewtwo's head. Um, and then people have also pointed out that if you take the uh, covers for the physical copies of Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon and put them next to each other, you also see that same light shape and the eyes peering out from the covers when they're next to each other. Um, so I have a speculation on what that is, but, uh, but I'd like to hear what you guys think. It uh, might be. Well, I, I want to clear up that this, uh, this has not been new. Like this, this image of this face you're talking about has existed on Pokemon's website since they've talked about sun and moon. Oh, interesting. Uh, and that conversation was kind of brought up. People think it's Deoxys. And actually, it like it, it came up for about a week and it died down, and now it's coming up again because of the Mewtwo uh, image. Because I think it's very, very clear in the Mewtwo image, where on Pokemon's website it was not as clear. Yeah, I mean, if you go to Pokemon.com, that that image of what looks to be Deoxys has been on. Because who goes to Pokemon.com, right? <laughs> but. I mean, I used to go pretty frequently. Uh, but it exists It is, exists there as well. And a lot of people... So there was a debate where people thought it was Deoxys. Uh, and then there was debate that people just thought it was ne Necrozma. I don't know if uh, if your theory, Will, matches one of those two. It does not. So, Al, what is your take on this? Oh, I always get these things wrong. So I'm going to go with a crazy idea and say it's a new Pokemon that they haven't announced. Okay, alright, that's a good shot in the dark. Well, okay, so I go along with you, Al, that yeah. my assumption is, and what I would, what, uh, the way that I like to call this is that this is a new box legendary, and it is Necrozma's light 
complement, where Necrozma is sort of the eclipse, is the dark, and then this is uh, its complement, the light. I have a theory of how this is going to play into the Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon story. Um, do you guys want to hear that? Uh, is it something to do with the giant tower that you have to climb? Yes. Because if they don't, because I can't imagine you're going to climb that tower just to save Lunala or Solgaleo. That climbing of the tower has to be to a new Pokemon. That's what I, that's what I believe, yes. Uh, my thought is that the Ultra Recon Squad is not chasing after Necrozma because uh, Necrozma stole their light, but because they trapped Necrozma's counterpart, the light Pokemon, where Necrozma's the dark Pokemon, and Necrozma's trying to save it which is also why Necrozma fuses with the other Pokemon to become stronger, to possibly see if it can then get in to save it. Um, and then they're trying to stop Necrozma from doing that. Just a theory. Uh, I think that's good. Uh, I will go, I will, I will, I, I agree with Will, but I will be a speculation of, I think it is Necrozma taking over Deoxys' body in some way. Uh, because I think Deoxys fits the qualification of Ultra Beast, even though they won't probably ever retcon that. Deoxys is from space, not another dimension. Yeah, but we don't know where from How space. How many times do we have to tell We don't this. know where from space, Al! Space is big, Al! <laughs> it is. <laughs> At least we think it is, anyway. There could just be big mirrors up there. Wormholes are also a space thing. <laughs> Let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, we'll do some emails and our Pokemon of the week. Space is big. We'll be right back. Space is big. Space virus. Alien invasion. Space virus. Possessing humans? Mysterious. Space, 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 we're going to do some emails, and we are going to do some Pokemon of the week as well. But before we get to all that, it's like our after-break music check-in here. I am so surprised about how many people from last week's episode, Will, this is well, this was your doing. I w- I w- I w- I'm going to pin this on you. Me? I'm... Yes, I'm surprised of how many people didn't know that Twitch and Amazon were a thing and linking their Twitch and Amazon account to do the Twitch Prime subscriptions. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't know about it until recently myself. So, <laughs> so thank did, you, folks, everyone. Did you get your grandma to link the Amazon Prime, their, her grandma's Amazon Prime with Twitch? Did you get grandpa to do it? All of them. <laughs> So, so a couple of things before we get to email. One, I was going to thank everyone who has either signed up for the Patreon this past week or signed up for Twitch Prime or has just come out and hung out in Twitch 
because I've been streaming a lot more this week. I am still continuing the job hunt, and just a big thank you to everyone. There was also, with the amount of new people in Slack, there was a lot of debate over me streaming Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, since everyone seemed to enjoy the Leaf Green stream, which we have now wrapped up. Uh, it was just actually last night I finished catching all the unknown, so I have all 20, 28 unknown in Leaf Green. Uh, which I planned to chance for up to Sun and Moon, and I could never imagine just a couple months ago even catching more than one unknown, more or less all 28 of them. But uh, it was really exciting and really cool. The question kept coming up if I was going to stream Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, and then shout out to Miss D and to Mark, two of the admins in Slack, who probably do the most work, and they're, they're both really great. Uh, they told me that the they would chip in for a capture card for the 3DS, and they said the community would also probably chip in as well, so I made a GoFundMe for that. And this is where I would say, hey, you sh there's a GoFundMe for that, but uh, it hit its goal in like two days. Yep, just under two days. Thank you, everyone who contributed to towards that. I, I guess all I can say is thank you. Like, I don't know how else to uh, express my gratitude towards that, but... Uh, it's it's super humbling, and so, again, to all the new Patreon people that signed up this, this past week, and to everyone who who's, who's supporting on Twitch and watching on Twitch, thank you. I'll put the Twitch schedule, I'll put the Twitch schedule in the show notes. Currently, right now, I'm streaming Pokemon Coliseum, which is a heck of a game. Uh, we talked about it a little bit prior to break, but I'm streaming Pokemon Coliseum, still streaming the Pokemon card trading card game and then every thursday night i stream monster hunter but uh, i'm gonna be streaming every single day so if if you're listening to this on monday i'll probably be streaming four to five hours every single day for the rest of the week so if uh if you want something to watch or just something in the background while you're at work or while you're i don't know cleaning your house i'll probably be streaming because it's kind of like the only thing that i i haven't really done to expand the audience for it's super effective Again, if you're unfamiliar with uh, Twitch and Amazon, uh, if you have an Amazon Prime account, I'm shocked how many people didn't know this, uh, but it's really cool. I guess Amazon doesn't advertise it. If you have an Amazon Prime account and you go to Twitch, uh, you can link those two accounts together. And what that does is it gets you one free subscription to any single channel on Twitch. Let's say I'm, let's say you have a favorite streamer. Maybe it's like Dr. Disrespect or something you can go to their page and there's a little sub button. And if you hit that sub button, it will ask if you want to sub for them for $4.99 a month or if you want to use your Twitch Prime sub for free, which means you're giving that creator money, but it's not costing you anything because you have Amazon Prime. And you get that once a month. So every 30 days, you get your Twitch Prime sub back and you can give it to the same streamer or you can give it to a different streamer. And all that's doing, like I said, it's not costing you any single money. It's just a benefit of being an Amazon Prime member is you're giving like $2.50 directly to that streamer to support what they do. So that's all it is. It's very easy to sign up. From what chat told me, uh, you have to do it on desktop. I think it's difficult to do it on mobile, and I don't think the app allows it. That is correct. If, if you can't support via Patreon, but you have Amazon Prime, that is, a, that is another way you can support me if you care to do so. Or, or another streamer. Like I said, if you have... Uh, my only point here is if you have Amazon Prime, please take advantage of that because it, it doesn't cost you anything. It's just a benefit of your Amazon Prime. So if it's to me, if it's to somebody else, 
just take advantage of it because uh, I'm sure they'll get rid of it one day. <laughs> They're going to be like, we're losing too much money from this deal. Let's jump into some emails. First email here is from Hawken from Gaylord, Michigan. Hello, Will, and I guess SBJ and Al as well. I've been listening for a few months now. I've been enjoying every episode. I think you guys are great. Keep up the good work. I have a few questions for you today. Number one, since it was announced that Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon are the last mainline Pokemon games for 3DS, what do you think Nintendo will do now? Are they pushing everyone towards Switch, or are they releasing a new handheld system? Would love to hear your thoughts. Number two, if you could have a Pokemon region in another Nintendo world, where would it be? I would love Hyrule region, specifically Ocarina of Time, where I could battle Link, and instead of riding a bike, I could ride a horse and ride it around that way. Thank you for being wonderful, and I wish you truly the best in life. Yours truly, Hawkin, uh, in parentheses, I'm without a fairy. I believe they are in Slack? Maybe? Definitely on yes, Twitch. Yes, uh, Haw- Hawkin has is definitely joined Slack recently. Uh, Hawkin is... is Really making a play for getting the award for being my biggest fan. <laughs> Question one. Do you think pushing everyone towards Switch, new handheld? I think if they were to release a new handheld, it would be to the Switch's detriment. And I was going to say that I think the Switch is the new handheld. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah. I think what I could see happening is a smaller version, a smaller or cheaper version of the Switch. But I, I really don't see them doing a another replacement for the 3DS that isn't the Switch. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, and I think the Nintendo One console, one console for Nintendo I think is best for everyone. There were so many people I knew that had a 3DS but didn't have a Wii U, or there were people with Wii U's that didn't have 3DS, and most of those were not like Pokemon fans. They were maybe Mario fans or something of the sort. Well, I have a Wii U because I want to play Mario, but I wish Pokemon was on Wii U because I don't want to buy a 3DS. Uh, I think it also benefits from games. We used to have like one mobile Mario Kart, and then we would have one console Mario Kart, and then we would have one mobile Mario Kart. Now, it would kind of just like one place to play Mario Kart uh, and other games. Like Zelda is another game that ben- that not benefited, but had that back and forth of, hey, maybe if you're a Zelda fan... You would have to buy two consoles just to play all the Zeldas, and I kind of like that now everything can be one console focus if they decide to go that route, which I think is the the smart route. Uh, And I think after this initial Christmas, I believe that the push will be Switch. I don't think we'll get a lot of 3DS stuff in 2018. I'm sure there are games in development right now or have been in development for a couple years. That will come out on 3DS. I'm not saying there will be no games on 3DS in 2018, but I don't think that will be a focus after this holiday. And and I would say the Switch has now been out for seven months, and in that seven months, it has proven that it functions equally well as a handheld system and a television-based console. I, I don't think I've ever come across a single person who has said that they've had a bad experience in either one of those formats. Well, except for, uh, I think Carolyn was playing Stardew Valley, but that was Stardew Valley's problem. It wasn't it was the, a glitch in, the actual yeah, console's a glitch in problem. Stardew, Stardew. I can't imagine them releasing like a 4DS or, or something else. 
I think the the 2DS kind of proves that that's the Game Boy Micro of that of that line or the th- the the what is it the DSI was that the last DS before they moved on to the 3DS either the DSI or the DSXL I can't remember DSI XL may, might have been the last one because I remember playing black and white on that Harkold Soul Silver something like that uh, second question if you have Pokemon region set in a Nintendo world where would it be can I, may I please have a list of the Nintendo worlds because I'm not 100% familiar with this. Mario, Zelda, Metroid, Pikmin, Animal Crossing, uh, probably missing F-Zero, Star Fox, Splatoon. Oh, F-Zero, that would be, that would be brilliant. F-Zero would be cool. Oh. Yeah. What's the one with the weird sword that kind of looks like a robot arm? <laughs> what? Fire the, the game. No, the game, and you have a weird sword, and it was in Europe, and everybody was mad because they had already done an English localization for it, but they didn't bring it to the States. Xenoblade? Xenoblade. Has a weird sword that looks like a robot arm. Um, But I have now come up with my answer. Uh, I want to play Bayonetta, I mean, Pokemon in the Bayonetta universe. Thank you. I don't know if that's Nintendo, but I'll give it to you. I I have it on my Wii U, and Bayonetta 2 was Wii U only. (laughs) All right. All right, they did pay for that. I would say Splatoon. I think the world of Splatoon is is really great. That would be my answer. I think Mario would be fun. Yeah, combining Pokemon with the uh, the mushrooms would be an interesting experience. It worked really well for Rabbids. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Get another oh, game. Mario, Rabbids, and Pokemon. <laughs> all three. All three. <laughs> Caleb writes in, dear SBJ, Will, new person, and assorted personalities. <laughs> I'm so memorable, I am new person. You are a new person. At least you're not the others, like Logan is. <laughs> Sorry to hear about SB- SBJ's loss of his job. Uh, I-, I know what it's suddenly like to have the role pulled under me since I was long overdue. I've so in- I have increased my Patreon pledge. Thank you very much. The work you put in the show is certainly worth the dollar a month. ISE was the first podcast, uh, was my first podcast, and I've been a fan for a little over two years now. Your show has always been a top priority in my weekly podcast rotation. I can tell it's a labor of love, and you all do a great job building a community around a show where everyone can feel welcome. Now on to the questions. We have three of them. If you ran into, if you ran a Pokemon gym, what type would you choose and what would your lineup be? Number two, is a folded half a slice of pizza a sandwich? Number three, is Mythical coming back, and am I able to apply for a spot in the roster? I have credentials. Thanks for doing the show so much. It's been really great. Sorry for the long email. Cheers, Caleb in Pennsylvania. I always get that in emails. People say sorry for the long emails, but they're not ever really that long. I've seen some long emails uh, at Drive Check, and yet none of these even begin to compare. Thank you so much for supporting on Patreon. I I definitely appreciate it. Uh, If you ran a Pokemon gym, we haven't got this question in a long, long time. What type would you choose, and what would your lineup be? Probably don't have to do the the whole lineup, but type would probably stand out. I think I've got it. Do I have to do six, or are we yeah, doing, no, no. like, uh, gym your, leaders four? It's your gym. I mean, if you're a gym leader, you could have just one, like Brock. Well, Brock had two. All right. You ready? I'm I'm doing a, a dark-type gym. I'm going to have me an Umbreon. 
I'm going to have me a uh, a Weavile. Why not? Okay, okay. That dude's kind of cool. He's cool. I'm going to have... This is what's going to blow every player's mind. Dagnabbit, who was our Pokemon of the week last week? Dusclops. No. Oh, then it wasn't him. What about the week <laughs> before? Uh, Bennett. No. No, it was Miss... Miss... The one with the stone and the swirly. Oh, oh spirit tomb. Spirit tomb. Gonna have me a shiny spirit tomb. And then <laughs> my brain is just not working. It's fried right now. Who's who's my dark dragon? Uh, High dragon. Swilus. High dragon. Yes. So that's my four. Okay. Al. Well. I have many questions because that's the sort of person I am. Can I have a mega Pokemon? Sure, yeah, it's your gym. Option? It's your gym. Can, it's can your I gym, have dude. a Can I have a legendary? Sure. So no, as far as I know, none of the games had a gym with a legendary in it. But there have been there have been in the anime. Yes, yeah, I was going to say the anime. Did. Yeah, the anime definitely has that. There was uh, obviously there was Giovanni had Mewtwo, and there was one that had an Articuno, I believe. Well, in that case, um, I would definitely be fire type, and my main two Pokemon would be uh, a Charizard with Charizardite Y. I think that's the one that uh, makes the dragon one, isn't it? Uh, Charizard uh, X. Charizard Y is makes... Mm. Uh, is X, X is dragon. X is dragon because it's black. Right. That one. And uh, I would have to go for uh, a Volcanion as well, because the advantage of a Charizard in a Fire-type gym is, do you know that Charizard can learn Solar Beam? Oh. Uh-huh. Yes. And obviously your Volcanion would learn some Water-type moves. Yes. These things are both going to be useful in a in a gym. Uh, and I haven't thought any more than that because that's very short notice to think it up. But I would definitely have those <laughs> two and I would work it around that team. Okay. Uh, I would have a Water-type gym. It would be double battles only, as as I feel like there hasn't been a gym in the main series game that's double battles. There was one. Was, was there? Not, there was uh, there was a gym. If it was, was it an Omega Ruby off white? of Sapphire, I didn't play it. There was there was one in black and white. That was it. Black and white. I can't remember. There was one that was two twins, and I'm sure it was no. a double battle. No, there, that there, was not no? black and white. Were they no, on a tower or not? <laughs> that was that was Gen Four, and it was the two like the psychic twins. Um, yes. Oh yeah. But was that was it double battles. battles. It was it was in the building where Necrozma appears on top of the building. <laughs> one is Necrozma. One is no. Yeah, they do. So Tate. Yeah, I'm just uh, Tate and Liza. That you had a double battle in Gen Four, correct? I don't see any twins in Generation Four. I also don't remember any of the gym leaders from Generation Four. Oh, it's uh, it's Gen Three. It's Moss Deep City. It's probably anyway. an Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, which I didn't play. Yes, but I was right. This this isn't Necrozma this time. <laughs> <laughs> Not this time, man. I don't remember any of these gym leaders from Generation Four. Holy cow! I, I it would be a Water type gym. It would be double battles. There would probably be a Golduck. There would probably be a Politoed. There would probably be a ducklet because you gotta have you gotta have a ducklet for people who ch- are challenging you for the first time, and they might have like level ten or fifteen Pokemon. And you have to have like a gold duck for like the twenty to Pokemon organs. Really changed my perspective on how gyms worked when Brock like pressed that button and opened up different Pokemon. 
and then chose different Pokemon based off. Whew. That was a good series. It's a very good series. Uh, what was the next question here? When is Mythical coming back? Second question was, is a folded in half slice of pizza a sandwich? Uh, Al, do they have pizza in Europe? Uh, yeah, we deep fry it here. Um, what? What? <laughs> It's uh, it's probably a Scottish thing rather than anything else, but we deep fry pizza. It's called Pizza Crunch. It's great. What? But but let's be clear, Al. What? Uh, let's go with the short list of foods that they do not deep fry in Scotland. <laughs> uh, salad and yogurt. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Uh, we could try. It's it's possible to own a deep fryer. I'm not clueless yeah. here. I feel oh, like I've had one. Deep fryers are a lot of work. When it comes to maintenance and cleaning, I feel no, uh, not really. I don't know because the, the 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 stuff gets splashes all over. Well, yeah, but you're talking about the this will happen in a chippy. So whoa, 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 whoa! Slow down, Al. What's a chippy? <laughs> it, it's a shop where you can buy chips and various battered items such as fish and sausages and. Pizza. Is this the sort of thing you have? We have restaurants, yes. I don't think no, it's, not, it's not a restaurant. It's definitely not a restaurant. It is the sort of thing where you go in when you're drunk <laughs> at two in the morning. You mean a bar? Buy... No, 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 no. This is no. after the bar. Yeah, this not to get drunk when you're drunk. So you go in and you buy your fish and chips and you take it away. You don't sit in in a chippy. Okay. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess we have places like that. I don't know if they have a specific name besides just like a, a, a like I don't know, everything's a restaurant. I like, believe for our for our English listeners, I believe they would refer to it as a fish and chip shop. But also in in the states, ninety percent of those are Chinese restaurants, and then the other ten percent are pizza by the slice places. Yeah, so yep. you're not getting the fries. You're not getting other types of things like that. You guys have gone a bit more creative than we have. So the chippy is the place that will do most of the deep frying. And in certainly in Glasgow, if you go into a chippy at the end of the day, they will deep fry anything for you. <laughs> will they deep fry a Kit Kat? Yep. Will they deep fry a haggis? I mean, that's pretty standard having deep fried haggis. That is Ugh. one of the things that would be Ugh. on the menu. Look, I'm going to give you my, my top three tips for deep frying things. Okay, all right. In, in a chippy. Okay. Top three European trips from Al, our new segment. <laughs> Let's hear so, it. Obviously, you've got your deep fried Mars bar, which is a classic. Uh, that would be number three. Uh, number two would be a Cadbury's cream egg, which I'm not sure whether you get them in... America or not. We do. Those things are disgusting. They're Skip amazing. number two. <laughs> and my personal favorite is uh, a deep fried crunchy. Now, have you had a crunchy? Like a, like a it's crunch a, bar? It's So it's a chocolate bar with honeycomb inside it. Uh-huh. Like a Twix. No, no. He, no. he means literally no, like the honey. thing that you steal from the bee. The honeycomb. Yes. Oh. oh, I'm not interested. I'm out. Not interested in that. <laughs> No, they, the, the, the deep-fried crunchy here, sir. is amazing because it heats it up enough to melt the honeycomb inside, Ugh. and it stays melted as you bite into it. And so you bite into this deep-fried chocolate bar, and it oozes honeycomb into your mouth. It's amazing. Ugh. I just imagine that, so, like, 
bees didn't get out of the honeycomb in time and then they're oh, melted into the that's chocolate not how it works that's yeah no um so i do need al if you could please make the connections for me i need to get the finest of scott's scientists on this innovation i must see fried peanut butter crunch thank you what's uh, peanut butter crunch <laughs> well you've heard of the cereal captain crunch right I mean, I've heard of it, but I have no idea what it is. It, well, it's a cereal where you get these little balls that when you eat them, they tear open all the skin on the inside of your mouth. Yeah, but yeah, it's brutal. peanut butter crunch is absolutely delicious. But what's it made of? Like, is it... It is whatever cereal's puff. made of. Puff? <laughs> puff. Is it corn or wheat or... Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Someone's questioning cereal in America, Al. The captain has sailed the seven seas but, to discover okay. the secret ingredient okay, of I'm peanut ask, butter I'm crunch. asking people from the country that have a cereal which is half marshmallow. So, yeah, I don't know what I'm even asking here. Wait, you don't have Lucky Charms? Uh, we need to get we off do, this. No, no, lucky, lucky Charms come from Ireland. Don't blame those on us, sir. <laughs> they're magically delicious. <laughs> we, we do get them as imports, but it means they're very expensive. Is a folded in half slice of pizza a sandwich? I, I would yes. say yes. Just like a hot dog is. Yes. No, yes. no, no. <laughs> yes, it is. No, 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 no. In the bread type, is it's not bread, it's crust. And it's not, you don't make it's a not sandwich to do out with the crust. type of bread, right? The sandwich word is about the pressure of two things around <laughs> another thing, which a hot dog has. Yeah. Which, interestingly, a taco doesn't have, which is why a taco is not a sandwich. There is no a pressure there. Taco, a taco. Thank taco. you. <laughs> but a burrito is. Is Mythical coming back? Am I able to apply for a roster? Mythical will return at, at at a point in time, and the reason I say that is because I think I've said this before. The fifth season, I, I, I the seasons have been renamed. The last season is the fourth season. You might have noticed that if you went to iTunes. I was sick of dealing with the 1.5 and the 2.5. I just made them full seasons, because that's what they are. They're, you can consume them as is. The fifth season has been recorded. It's been recorded for a while. Everything is recorded, but like the last hour or two hours. The problem is, and I think I answered this question on Reddit, is that season four, the fiasco season, took about 20 hours to edit. And that was... It was about a, what, a three-hour season? Yes. Based on the amount of content I have, which is about eight hours for this newest season, plus possibly two more hours that are unrecorded, if, if I, it would probably take close to 40 hours to edit, which is a lot of time. The, the, Strangely enough, you just got 40 <laughs> free hours a week. Hmm. <laughs> So, up to this point, the main reason why it hasn't been edited is because other projects like The Carve, like Alola Vacation, like Twitch, have been a priority in time uh, because they can reach out to new audiences. So, when I'm dividing my time of what I can do, it's what can help it's super effective at this point in time. And at this point in time, something like the Twitch is the most beneficial uh, use of my time to help grow it's super effective get more people to listen or or you know get more content for the community but it would be it would be silly if if i just sat on those on, on what has been recorded forever so the short answer is yes uh it will be uh, it will be put out um 
It does require uh, last with season four. I worked directly with Nick to make all original music for that. I do want to do that uh, for season five as well. And Nick and I have already talked about it. Uh, Nick is currently finishing his album. So even if I was working on season five, uh, I couldn't put it out until Nick gets around to making music, which I don't want to bother him right now because he's trying to actually wrap up his album. And I want him to complete that because I think his music is really great. And I want to hear that album personally. So there's a little bit of inside baseball for you. Can I can I give a counterpoint on that? Just one small counterpoint on that. Sure. I was listening to one of my old podcasts from June of this year. Um, that's what four months ago. Mm-hmm. And Nick does the music for that podcast as well. I'm very grateful for that. But in that June podcast, I mentioned Nick's album is coming out soon. <laughs> And that was four months ago, Nick. I think he said Give that, us the music. I think he said that it has to be done by the end of this month because he has to send it off to get mastered by the first, which is like a hard deadline for him now. Uh, and I will say, this is just an, uh, an afoot, an aside here, that <laughs> <laughs> I love how Al laughs at the things I say. He's just making up <laughs> words, dude. <laughs> Yeah, but he doesn't know if I'm making them up. It could be a very American thing, and he might not know about it. Yes. Yes, we have <laughs> lots of American afoots. <laughs> Something and is afoot. And afoot uh, here. I feel like I have less time now that I don't have a job. It's like a really weird feeling of time going by a million times faster that I don't have a job. And it's not like I wake up and just sit on the couch and watch TV. In fact, I don't think I've watched any tv or actually played a game that wasn't on stream that you guys didn't watch me play like i just feel like i don't have any time and like when i sit down to apply for jobs it's just like oh like the day's already over and i've applied for two jobs and i didn't realize that uh uh, this job application took a hundred years to fill out because every single job application requires so many different things from you it, it just it just just in a foot as we call it in America. Uh, Trevor writes in from London, Canada, London, Ontario, Canada. I should say, hey Steve, yeah, I love just that place. Just wanted to send you a little something about hearing this week's episode. Very sorry you lost your job. I can imagine how very difficult this time must be. But I hope you know. But I know you'll land on your feet based on how hard you work on ISC. Uh, This week uh, finally gave me a path to support you on Patreon, something I've been wanting to do for a while. Uh, I live with a... I'm going to get this wrong, so I apologize. Uh, Sishio affective disorder, which makes a lot of days difficult for me and those around. Part of how I cope with my difficulties is listening to the podcast. One of my favorites is ISC. I've listened to the Kickstarter debate episode a dozen times by now, and you and the crew's attitudes are fun and help me uh, when I need something to ground me. Anyways, just wanted to let you know that you are doing a great job, and I wish nothing but the best for you and Irene, and I'm excited to be able to sponsor you guys going forward. Take care. Uh, cheers and take care, and appreciate Canadian Trevor. Thank you so much for that, Trevor. Uh, I think the Kickstarter episode is one of the best episodes we've done. Well, we need to do another. We gotta do another. Uh, that was something we talked about when Travis was on, is I wanted to do, like, four big seasonal shows, like, one for every season. Something like the Kickstarter episode, where it wasn't it wasn't news-focused, or it wasn't 
based on current events that you could listen to the day it came out or you could listen to six months later and it still had you know the same kind of impact and i think that's why a lot of people like the kickstarter episode because it's not rooted in some sort of time it's just these are the well i guess it, it, it could quote unquote be outdated now because there are new pokemon and the the question could be like why didn't you talk about mimikyu uh it's like well it didn't exist at that time uh, <laughs> I, I did want to do i don't know maybe that's something for the future we'll do one more here this is from stephanie from lancaster pennsylvania Started listening to your podcast when you had Alola from Sun and Moon series. I hadn't been too hyped for a Pokemon game in a while, but I really loved how refreshing the new games were. Craving more about them, I stumbled upon your podcast, and I've been a listener ever since. The voices, humor, news, and general mood of your podcast is addicting, and I look forward to it every week. Very sorry that I've never written in before, but after hearing about your sudden job job loss, I wanted to help. I immediately joined your Patreon because of what you said. Uh, instead of looking for another job and losing the, t- the time to balance your passions, I want to be able to make sure that ISC and streaming is your full-time job. It speaks volumes since I'm an artist, but full-time work is an analyst to make a living. I'm a, I am an artist, but full-time work as an analyst to make a living. Oh, okay. Sorry. They wrote it correctly. I read it wrong. Go figure. Uh, if I can ever make enough to support myself and my artwork, I could leave my job to pursue my passion full-time. I know your situation is less flexible, but I really hope that you'll be able to pursue your passion from the people who believe in you and love your contact. Keep gaming and streaming and clanging and banging, Steve. Wanted to say hi to Will, Irene, Micah, and also Al. Sorry for the long message. I don't have a question. I just want to know that I believe in all of you, and I'm definitely supporting ISC. Best regards, Steph. I don't believe in Al. I think he's just an illusion. (laughs) Al and his chippies. (laughs) See, when you say it, it sounds weird. (laughs) Well, what's also funny is that means something else in American English. Oh, dear. Is that something Uh, we can't say on the podcast by any chance? Probably not. It wouldn't be appropriate for a family podcast. It's like how spoofing is not family-friendly in Australia, (laughs) but it's a very common thing in the Pokemon Go world in every other country. Uh, well, thank you, Steph. I, again, I appreciate all the new Patreon supporters. And I, it, like, even if you're not a Patreon supporter, I don't want to make it sound like I don't, like, I appreciate everyone who just listens to the show. Like, it just means a lot that you guys tune in every single week and listen, uh, and deal with, with the, the content I put out. <laughs> I do appreciate deal it. Deal with. <laughs> deal with. You can, you can hear Al dealing with it in real time now, which is the real delight. Uh, Will, let's jump over to our Pokemon of the Week. Who is our Pokemon of the Week? Uh, it is <laughs> Shuppet, the, Shuppet, the puppet Pokemon. I think yeah. we've definitely done Bonette in the past, but I think Shuppet gets overlooked. And I think Shuppet is actually really cute. I think Shuppet is cute as well. I caught one in Pokemon Go just yesterday. <clears throat> All right. Biology. Shuppet is a spherical Pokemon that appears to be covered by a gray cloth. Black rings surround its multicolored eyes, which have light blue sclera, dark blue irises, and yellow pupils. Extending from the top of its head is a long pointed horn. The horn collects the negative emotions of people on which this Pokemon feeds. The emotions it feeds on include anger, jealousy, and envy. A nocturnal Pokemon, 
It will appear in swarms beneath the eaves of houses with negative people. It is most commonly found in cities and other urban settings. Origin. It appears to be a teru teru bozu, a Japanese paper doll resembling a ghost. It also resembles a hand puppet. It also appears similar to common depictions of ghosts, specifically those that resemble floating cloths with faces. There you go. There's your Shuppet. I like the origin because I didn't think of Shuppet as a hand puppet until I read that, and now it makes a lot of sense. Do you make a lot of hand puppets? Uh, you know me and my, my free time in between applying you know for jobs. <laughs> <laughs> what's interesting to me is the eyes of Shuppet look very similar to the eyes that are showing up in the Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon <laughs> poster. <laughs> you and your theories. Uh, shiny Shuppet is a bluish green. Regular Shuppet, Shuppet is like a bluish purple, if that makes any sense. They both have like some blue in it, but Shiny is more green. Uh, not any good trivia for Shuppet, unfortunately. The same as Duskull's uh, trivia, which we read last week. Shuppet can be seen parallel to Duskull. Both are Generation 3 ghost-type Pokemon. Both evolve into their form, evolved form, starting at level 37. Both have the same base stat totals. But since uh, Shuppet is in Pokemon Go... Uh, I can read you a good move set for Banette when you finally evolve it, which should be very easy since it's double candy in Pokemon Go. And it seems like all these new Pokemon uh, are pretty easy to capture in Pokemon Go. It's not like any are rare. I think the oh, the rare one would be Sableye, uh, and then the rarest one would be Shiny Sableye. But a good move set here is your quick move should be Shadow Claw, although Hex is not too bad. Uh, and then your charge move should be Shadow Ball, which uh, your other options are Thunder and Dazzling Gleam, uh, but you don't get the stab on that. So Shadow Claw and Shadow Ball are probably going to be your two best moves here for Banette. Although, like I said, if you have Hex, probably not worth wasting the TM on because uh, Hex and Shadow Claw are pretty, I mean, they're fine. Uh, they're both interchangeable, I should say. And there you go. There's your Pokemon of the week. Good old Shuppet. Has Ash ever had a ghost Pokemon? It's kind of a weird question. Has he ever had a ghost Pokemon on his team? Because Haunter doesn't count. Haunter just, like, followed him. Well, he was playing... They, I mean, they pulled his soul from his body, so... <laughs> but that certainly was not on his team. He has a Rowlet now, correct? Uh, he does, he does. I don't... If I'm, he evolves I, that... He would have to evolve it twice. You have a, you have high expectations for Ash, who has never evolved his Bulbasaur, never evolved his Squirtle, never evolved his Scraggy, never evolved his did, Gibble. Uh, he, he did evolve his Froakie. That's true. Never He never evolved his Ashwat. I have, I have a list of his popular Pokemon up here. He, he, he did evolve so he his has... Sceptile, his Torterra, his Infernape. He has had a Glalie. Is that Ghost? I'm pretty sure it's Ghost. It certainly is. Ice Ghost? Is it? Yeah, I think so. Yes. I don't know. I don't don't ever have this Pokemon. (laughs) Glalie, the snowball one. Correct. It is only Ice. Well, oh, is this, is Snorrent? (sighs) ghost because he had it as a uh, no 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 the lady the lady version oh, the lady one okay. frost 
Frostlass, the lady. All right, then looking through the list, I don't think he's had a ghost I, Pokemon before. Yeah, I don't think he has. Hmm. I think his only dark Pokemon has been Crocodile. Crocodile. Uh, he had a Sandile. Well, that's the same line. Oh, oops. <laughs> All right, we should stop this episode before we get more things wrong. <laughs> Wait, because this now is just looking through lists. <laughs> Oh yeah, he, he had, had a Greninja. Greninja. Yeah, he had Greninja. I always forget Greninja's dark. Yeah. Just like I forget that Decidueye is ghost. So yeah, maybe Decidueye would be his first ghost Pokemon. That is, is if he evolved Decidueye. Maybe he has. I don't know how far the Japanese anime is along. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think that should uh, wrap up the show. A little bit of house cleaning. Uh, I'll probably continue running the the Patreon ad at the end of the episode, but. For the like the hundredth time, thank you everyone who signed up on Patreon. Uh, if you if you if you want to support the show, if you want to support, it's super effective. It's Patreon.com/slash it's super effective. Um, Al, your Twitter. That's a uh, Yamanic kill. Give me a spelling. Y a m a n i c k i l l. Awesome. Will is at Wash in the Sink. W a s h i n. T H E S I N K. I am at dragging a lake. D R A G G I N G A L A K E. You follow the podcast on Pokemon uh, on Pokemon Podcast on Twitter. Uh, you can you can visit the website uh, pkmncast.com, pokemonpodcast.com, both will get you there. I didn't say you could send in emails, sbj at pkmncast.com, or just go to pokemonpodcast.com, hit the contact button. Uh, that's another way to email. Like I said, I will be streaming every single day on Twitch for the foreseeable future. I don't know, until I get a job or until, you know, something else happens, but twitch.tv slash pkmncast. Thank you to everyone who has subscribed on Twitch and or just comes out and hangs out on Twitch. I appreciate it. I'm trying to stream at more times because, you know, sometimes people say it's too late or, I don't know, maybe it's too early for Europe, too late for America. Who knows? Uh, but you know, try to stream Pokemon-related stuff. If there's something you want to see me stream, please let me know. Right now, streaming Pokemon Coliseum, the Pokemon trading card game online, and... Monster Hunter Double Cross, those are the three that are reoccurring right now, but I'm going to try to fit in some other games in between that, now that we're done with Leaf Green. And yeah, that should be it. That should wrap up the show. We will be back next week, of course, getting closer to Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, I think 28 more days or something like that, depending on when you listen, subtract some days or something. Uh, Otherwise, this has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are... Super, super effective. trainers. <laughs>
It's, I, I, I think you'll find it's an Italian word and it's said calzone. It's Super Effective is hosted and produced by me, Steve Black Jr. Logo and artwork for ISC was also created by me. Theme music was by Nicholas Burgess. If you enjoy ISE, consider leaving a review in Apple Podcasts or tell a fellow trainer about us. If you'd like to support ISE, you can do so over at Patreon, patreon.com slash it's super effective. One of my goals in life is to make podcasting my full-time job, and if just half the listeners of ISE donated $1 a month, I could easily make that a reality. For as little as $1 a month, you'll gain access to our Slack community to chat with other listeners of ISE. And for $4 a month, you'll gain access to our bonus anime podcast. Thank you all for listening, and I'll see you next week.